0: Hello, it is January 28th, and this podcast is brought to you by the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon, SeatGeek. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you purchase. And you can shop with confidence, you're not going to get catfished. What you buy is what you get, so you're not standing outside a stadium looking like a dummy. And right now, you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, you get $20 off your first order. Um, they're the best. They were our first ever sponsor. They're our biggest sponsor. They've been pushing and backing us since the very beginning. And they also just so happen to be the greatest ticket-buying platform uh, to ever exist. Any live event, they got tickets for at the best prices. Now, two days ago, the earth was rattled. An icon, Gone. I had some thoughts about it. Yesterday, for the first time in my life, I cried real tears for the passing of a human that I've never met before. You know how people say, I I feel like I'm having a bad dream. I never knew what that meant. I had experienced bad things before, but never once in my life did I think, this can't be real. Kobe's passing yesterday felt like it wasn't real. This man who has been not only a basketball legend and a basketball goat, but this man was an icon. Tragically passed away out of the middle of nowhere alongside his daughter at the age of 41. She was at the age of 13, and obviously way too soon for all involved. I never met Kobe. I was never lucky enough to get to hear him speak or see him motivate folks or dap him up. I just watched him from afar like the rest of the world. When I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we didn't have an NBA team. And ever since I was a kid, I always struggled falling asleep at night. So my mom and dad got me a TV to put in my room. So I would stop, you know, annoying them. I became a Laker fan because I fell asleep on most nights alongside them dealing L's to the rest of the NBA. Kobe was a staple of my childhood. I was nine years old when he got drafted to the Lakers. He was an inspiration of my competitiveness, a trailblazer of a focus on dominance that I hope to one day acquire. His stats on the court are obviously outlandish. 18-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA, five-time champ, multiple All-Defense team, NBA MVP, two-time Olympic gold medalist, a goat through and through while doing it and being the face of the City of Angels since the age of 18, drafted when he was 17. When he retired, he said he was at peace. He had accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish in the sport. For 20 years, he gave his soul to the game. He actually dropped 60 in his swan song, showing that he didn't have to retire, he wanted to. He wanted to change his focus. I appreciated that, I love that. I couldn't wait to watch this man whose Mamba mentality was envied by the other greats in folklore amongst legends. Turn that Mamba focus to other things. I was excited to see what great things he would bring to our world and our society. One of the world's greatest minds and mindsets, of course, he'd go on to win an Academy Award just momentarily after. He created content, he gave speeches to folks in an attempt to make them better. He invested in businesses, started his own businesses. But what I think we all loved most was watching him turn his focus and watching clips of his family going to Laker games. The videos of him and his daughters behind the scenes. The glimpses of Kobe enjoying the chapter of his life where he no longer needed to be a competitive robot anymore. He no longer needed to be a savage. The fulfillment he so obviously had in being a super dad is what I enjoyed most about his retirement. Then, out of nowhere, this icon, alongside his pride and joy, gone. First the TMZ report, then some conflicting reports, then ultimately an entire world had an understanding that a legendary life was lost in an unthinkable accident. It's moments like these that reset the natural human negative instinct. It's moments like these when life gets put into perspective. It's moments like these where we all realize that the petty stuff in our life that we allowed to sway our moods, direct our thoughts, or alter our decisions are all literally absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of life. It's moments like these that remind us all that this all can end at any given moment doesn't matter how many buckets you've made, how many championships you've won, how many lives you've impacted. It can all end at any time. Jay Williams spoke yesterday on ESPN. Now he broke an FCC violation, but what he said was it's time to let some stuff go. And I couldn't agree more with him. So I thank Kobe for what he taught me about commitment to greatness and love of sport. Impassionate parenting while he was here on this earth. And in his passing, I appreciate him reteaching me that this life is special and very, very, very fragile. Our essence is not infinite. Let's make our today's better than our yesterdays because we truly have no idea if tomorrow will ever come. Rest in peace to the goat, his daughter Gianna, and the seven others that were tragically passed away yesterday. But please recognize that the legend of kobe will never ever ever die it was a tough one yesterday i think for everybody and to be honest i heard stephen a smith say this this morning now he was friends with him and a lot of people on tv i didn't want to do a show today like i did not want to speak to humans today i did not want to yesterday i was with my lady I was at a celebration of life for one of her best friends that passed away whenever the news broke about this. And it was just one of those things where perspective gets placed quickly. in moments like these, and tears fell from my face. And then I remembered that it is our job, since we have this platform, to celebrate the hell out of the life that was Kobe. So that's what we'll do today.
1: Two-time finals MVP, NBA MVP, um, Academy Award winner. He was a well-rounded man and uh, gone, gone way too soon. And hey, you
2: gotta have a boy. You and V gotta have a boy. Man, you have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, eh, I got this. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Thank
0: you, Bobby. Uh, yesterday, the world was rattled with the news that um, Kobe Bryant passed away. This transcended sports, but the sports world... I hadn't experienced anything like this in my lifetime. I've never experienced anything like this. This is something where you heard from everybody. Came out of the woodwork about pretty similar things to what I said there in the first eight minutes of the show. It's like watching, even watching from afar without knowing him, he inspired probably every professional athlete that you see today. His mentality, the Mamba mentality that everybody knows about and hears about was something that was envied and aspired to be like by almost every athlete that you see out there. Watching him just flip a switch into becoming this absolute savage was something that everybody wished they could do. And obviously, the world reacted to Kobe Bryant passing yesterday. Uh, Greg Popovich, Hall of Fame coach for the San Antonio Spurs who had to run into Kobe Bryant on a very regular basis, had this to say after their loss just yesterday.
3: Good game, tough loss, who cares? Um, Most importantly, uh, appreciate you all letting the locker room be tonight. Uh, Everybody's pretty emotional about the tragedy uh, with Kobe, and uh, all of us know what a great player he was. But he went beyond great playing. He was a competitor uh, that is that goes unmatched, and it's what made him, uh, as a player, so attractive. Everybody that focus, uh, that competitiveness, that will to win, uh, and even more importantly than that, uh, we all feel a. a deep sense of loss for what he meant to all of us in so many ways and so many millions of people loved him for so many different reasons. Uh, It's just a a, a tragic thing that uh, there are no words that can describe uh, how everybody feels about it. So uh, we all think about the family and the process that they're gonna be going through now. Uh, That's where all our thoughts should be
0: yesterday there was obviously shots of the spurs and the raptor no i forget who it was yeah, it was. yeah right. the raptors they did the 24 second tribute at the beginning which is beautiful there were shots of tim duncan crying on the sideline there on the bench there i mean the san antonio spurs greg popovich and kobe bryant obviously have a storied history but just like that in moments like this it doesn't matter if you're rivals competitors, or competitors whenever you see somebody pass like this It is such a, I mean, it's a catastrophic event in the sports world. Doc Rivers, head coach of the LA Clippers, the other team in LA, had this to say.
4: Uh, I have it. Listen. you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, You know, he, he just he, mean, he means a lot to me. Obviously, um, you know, he was such a great opponent. You know, um, it's what you want in sports. Um, he had that that DNA that uh, that very few athletes can ever have. You know, the the Tiger Woods and the, the Michael Jordans. You know, um, it's funny. I uh, I was getting to know him more. Since he retired, you know, um, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. I don't, uh, I mean, we have to go play. Uh, I mean, the, the news is just so devastating for, for Vanessa and, and, his, and his family. And um, there's just so many people he touched, you know. Um, and, you know, it's, it's looking at my young players and, and seeing how emotional uh, they are they uh, didn't even know him you know and uh, it just tells you how far his reach was so um, I and mean, this is just shocking news for all of us and sorry I don't have a lot to say I uh, just can't uh, have to go talk to a team uh, before a game and tell them to play a game. <laughs>
3: that's
0: that I mean that's gut wrenching there These people who are these super alphas, these people who are supposed to be the most strong humans on earth, professional athletes, hard-nosed coaches, Doc Rivers gets after it every once in a while, brought to tears over the passing of a human and the fragility of life is something that I think, I've tried to say this ever since I retired, that we're not, it's not a video game, right? It's not a video game. Not every day the rating that you are on Madden is how you're going to show up at practice. Not every day your rating that you are on NBA 2K is how you're going to show up on the court for a game. There's humans out there, and that's the biggest difference. And that's, that's you know, fans view athletes as this one thing because that's what they are. Superhumans, the ability to do things that the most of the fans could only dream of doing they supposed to portray themselves in a certain image and then as soon as something like this happens, we all learn that we all grieve. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. We all poop the same. We're all humans in this thing. And I think that is the biggest takeaway from something like this. Aside from me crying real tears about the passing of a human I'd never met before, which has never happened before, ever. That has never happened for me, ever. I, To be honest, Couldn't tell you the last time I cried and my lady says it's because I didn't watch any Disney movies growing up So I don't have any feelings or whatever but it's it's honestly just because I think the way I compartmentalize things are different than what other people do I I think I choose to look for the positive in every situation I try my absolute best to look for the positive in every single situation Just because I feel like it's a better way to go about things but yesterday Whenever that news was first reported, then conflicting reports came out that his entire family was with him. And then all this other stuff was said. I mean, it, it, got, it, it, it was a punch directly into my gut. I mean, it was a punch directly into my gut. And then whenever you see Doc Rivers and Popovich and Jay Williams and Jalen Rose and these people on television who look to be just these stone cold individuals have the same exact feelings as me. It was almost a moment of like, damn, this guy. This guy did it with his life. This guy reached people. This guy lived in a manner that taught people that he had never met before how to be better at what they do. Now, granted, I'm not 100% sure how the regular world feels that doesn't love sports. I assume that the entire city of Los Angeles is in a massive state of mourning right now because he was the face of Los Angeles for a long time. But anybody that's in sports, if you saw the way this dude worked and prepared and then the father he became after, maybe he was this this type of father the entire time, but the father we got to witness after he retired, it was just heartbreaking to know that this guy had a lot more in store for the world than what he just did on the court. This guy who had this mentality that made him the most dominant player in a sport that dominant players play in, was going to go on and focus on other things in life and make the world a better place, make our society a better place. He was going to raise his kids in beautiful fashion. Gianna was probably going to be the next superstar of women's basketball. She was already shoulder shrugging and shoving off on Kobe Bryant. She was already going one-on-one with the guy who nobody wanted to go one-on-one with her entire life. Now Vanessa, his wife, has three other children to have to mourn with this. And our T's and P's obviously are sent out to her and also the other seven passengers that passed away. The baseball coach and his family, the pilot, the other mom, the other daughters, the people that were on that helicopter, RTs and P's are with them. But whenever you see this reaction from the sports world and from these humans, this doesn't happen on a very regular occasion. This man was an icon. So much so that Trey Young, very, very young NBA player for the Atlanta Hawks, changed his number to start the game in a tribute to the number eight Kobe Bryant and then went on to do, in 24 shots, which was Kobe's other number, scored 45 points the first player i think in nba history to score 45 points in less than 25 shots and he had an 81 percent free throw percentage which is obviously the most points that kobe scored in the game i mean everything's tied in trey young had this to say after the game yesterday
1: last conversation that you had with kobe and maybe even you know if not just some of the conversations that you know some of the wisdom and whatnot that you kind of soaked up from him and what he shared
2: with you yeah so um one of the last conversations we had um man he was just just telling me how much uh how much he's he's seen my my game progress um man just been happy for me. And just saying how, how proud he was of me, and how um, how he wants me to continue to be a, a role model for for kids growing up, and um, just for for Gigi, and and um, all the kids looking up to me just to continue to inspire these kids, and um, and continue to play my heart out, and uh, that was that's one of the last things he, he said to me.
0: So interesting that. Trey Young is obviously very young. Craig Popovich has been in the NBA for what seems to be 400 years. It did not matter how old you were. The respect you had for what Kobe, the Mamba mentality, and everything that he did ran deep in all sports. This morning, I woke up earlier than I think I've ever woke up. Now, granted, get up makes me get up at like 3.30 a.m. That is a, a ridiculous... I, I didn't do that. I did not do the Mark Wahlberg wake up at 3 a.m., play nine holes in 25 minutes, work out, read the Bible, that whole thing. But I, work, I woke up this morning with this drive to be a better human being. I have no idea why. I think it might be the perspective of knowing that tomorrow is not promised and that gets shoved in your face immediately whenever things like this happen. But I think it was also like... uh relearning about how Kobe went about the way he did things. When you heard about him waking up at 4 a.m. to work out and shoot, and by the time 7 a.m. came around when most of his teammates were waking up, he already had three workouts done, basically. When it came to 20 years of basketball, him always having a chip on his shoulder and going to the gym to put up extra shots, I mean, it was just this constant drive of wanting to be better that was just re introduced into society yesterday. There's not a lot of Kobe Bryant's that'll ever exist on this earth, ever. That's why whenever you hear dumb asses say negative things in his passing, you have to automatically shoo them off from existence forever because the good that Kobe brought to the world is something that is really priceless. Just this ability to let people know that, hey, you can go work your ass off And it can all come true. It doesn't matter if you come from the son of an NBA player. It doesn't matter if you moved to Italy as a child because your dad wanted to go play professional basketball over there. Instead of pouting about leaving your friends or having to go somewhere else, instead he just learned the language, picked it up, and became a citizen of their society. Comes back to Philadelphia, obviously a whole new human, a well-cultured human, well-rounded human, speaking different languages, dominates in high school, then gets drafted at the age of 17. His drafting at the age of 17, LeBron came out and said, was a motivator to him, was inspiration to him. We'll have more from LeBron later, but just everything that Kobe did in the sporting world inspired athletes of all types. Baker Mayfield had a response yesterday to this, which I was very surprised by. Kobe, you were my idol, period. Mentality through and through. Thank you. To your family, I wish y'all nothing but the very best. Prayers and thoughts with you, don't begin to describe what we want for y'all. Love and respect the number eight and number 24. Hashtag mamba mentality, hashtag mamba. Baker Mayfield also put up this entire notes section that said his first business acquisition was because of Kobe Bryant. He talked about how talking to Kobe Bryant changed his entire life. So it wasn't just basketball players. It was undersized dudes from Texas that had to walk on to three different schools and knew that if you just want to work, good things could potentially happen. Now, will he, will he be able to, to operate an offense in Cleveland? I mean, I, uh, the dog pound helps, so. They, they hope Kevin Stefanski is getting a Kobe Bryant, you know, for the rest of his time. But Baker, Kobe Bryant's inspiration didn't stop at basketball. And it didn't stop just in America, either. Here's Luka Doncic from Slovenia. This is so sad. Rest in peace. He took a picture with Gigi, Gianna, Kobe's daughter, just a couple weeks ago. And the person who took the uh, picture was Kobe. And Kobe was speaking Slovenian with Luka and talking about how much he is a role model to Gianna. Luka, this man from a, a country that I didn't even know existed before he got here, inspired by Kobe Bryant. Then you go over to France, Mbappe, one of the world's greatest soccer players. Posts a picture of him and Kobe and says, RIP legend, cry face. Kobe, in the Mamba mentality, had no borders, had no boundaries. It inspired every human that wanted more from their life. It even got to Canada. Now, granted, Canadians can't get into America, we've learned. With our friend Gumpy here, who can't become a citizen of this place currently an illegal alien here in our couch but Kobe's Mamba mentality reached Tavares in Canada and he said Kobe didn't just inspire basketball players but all athletes including myself his passion for the game desire for competition and pursuit of greatness was very inspire inspiring never take any moment for granted hashtag RIP Mamba and Gianna condolences to all families involved so here's a white guy from Canada That skates on ice. Attributing a lot of his success to Kobe Bryant, how Kobe Bryant operated. You got to remember, to get to the top of your sport, no matter what it is, you have to be uber competitive. You have to be. It's just the way it goes. And that's in all aspects of your life, I'd assume. Whenever you saw the other greats and other legends all look at one person's competitive drive, one person's commitment and say, damn, that is the... kobe was the guy kobe was the top of the food chain when it came to who people wanted to emulate let's go to england david beckham massive right leg it's taking me hours to work out what to write and still my words won't ever be enough to describe how i am feeling after the tragic loss of kobe this was one special athlete husband father and friend Having to write these words is hard enough, but also knowing we have lost an amazing human being and his beautiful and talented daughter, Gianna, is heartbreaking. The commitment Kobe showed to his sport was inspiring. To go through the pain and to finish a game like only he could inspired me to try to be better. Sometimes I would only go to games just to watch that clock go down to the last two minutes, knowing that we were about to witness something special. Kobe always talked about Vanessa and his beautiful girls and how proud he was of them. Kobe's passion was his family and basketball. He was determined to inspire the next generation of boys and girls to embrace the sport that he loved. His legacy will live on. My family's love and prayers go out to Vanessa and the girls, to Kobe's basketball family, and of course the families of those who were tragically lost with him yesterday. That's such a real thing. Everywhere Kobe won. he sold out. He played against the Pacers. I went and watched just strictly to watch Kobe. It was like at any given moment, he could flip a switch and it was on. Any given moment, the other team could accidentally piss him off and it was going to happen. We'll have our top Kobe moments here after the next break. But I think the one that was most heart-pressing, the reaction that was most heart-pressing yesterday was from the Big Diesel. A man who was his teammate for a long time. They won together. And there was a beef and a rap battle in drama. And then, thankfully, thankfully, a massive rebonding between two men that I got and I think the world got to watch succeed on all levels. Shaq had this to say yesterday. There's no words to express the pain I'm going through with this tragedy of losing my niece Gigi and my brother Kobe Bryant. I love you and you will be missed. My condolences go out to the Bryant family and the families of the other passengers on board. I'm sick right now. Now, I assume more reactions will continue to roll out. I think yesterday, what the San Antonio Spurs did yesterday with not letting the media in the locker room afterwards was very noble of them. There were some teams that didn't do that. Carmelo Carmelo Anthony was put in front of a camera yesterday in no situation they should. Now, there was the conversation, should they cancel the games or not? I'm not sure Kobe would want them to cancel games for him, but I do believe that the locker room scrum after game should have been canceled. I mean, Doc Rivers having to go in front of people and speak. I mean, I don't want to say that's a part of the job, but I don't even think he should have had to do it. I I think there should have been a day to allow the players and coaches that were so closely connected to him in the NBA, allow them to get a moment to get a breath to process this thing and then put out their official statements on it. Now, That's not the way the world works, I guess. And the media is deserving of getting answers from people about certain things. But I think yesterday, there was a lot of people put in unfair positions to give their response. We picked a few there that I very much enjoyed reading yesterday, loved hearing about. I'm sure more and more of them will come out. And I can't wait to hear them. I can't wait to hear how the people that knew Kobe best feel about this whole thing the stories that'll continue to leak out about things the story about how um kobe said to jimmy kimmel i believe that whenever he'd be out in public fans would come up and say hey umv talking about Vanessa, his wife, need to have a boy, you know, to carry on this Bryant legacy in basketball. And Gianna would say, no, 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 I, I got this. That's what I'm here for. Like, as those stories continue to roll out, not only from old interviews that we haven't seen, but also from friends telling stories behind closed doors, I can't wait to learn more about this, man. I cannot wait. I am excited. I am pumped about it. And I just wish that we would have been able to see what he would have done with the rest of his life. He was transitioning in such a beautiful fashion. Outspoken, proud parent. Sitting on the sideline with his daughter talking game, talking through things. The -the behind-the-scenes work he's doing with Gianna and the rest of the family. Winning an Academy Award. All these things. I was just pumped to see his brain focus on something else. We'll never get that. We won't get a chance to hear his Hall of Fame speech about how hard of work he put in. We won't get a chance to learn more and more about him. And that's a shame, because something like that, somebody like that, we should try to learn as much as we can, because I'm not sure there will ever be another one. Cherish every single moment. Sorry for interrupting. I just want to let you know that there's this guy in Philly that I've been hearing about for years, and I've been telling you all about his diamonds. If you've ever been to Philly, you've seen him on the billboards, you've heard it on the radio, I hate Steven Singer. He's been making it too easy to buy gifts for over four decades. Valentine's Day is here. You're probably thinking, I'll just get her flowers again. But flowers wilt and end up in the trash can within a week. Give her a gift that lasts as long as you love. A real 24-karat gold-dipped rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. Picture it. A real long-stem rose preserved and dipped in 24-karat pure gold. This real rose will last forever and comes with a lifetime guarantee. And it's shipped for free in a beautiful gift box with your own personalized message of love. These roses won't wilt or die, don't even need water, and will remind her each and every day of your love. If this is your first Stephen Signature, Steven Signature Red Rose is a classic and only 59 bucks. Go online to ihateStevensinger.com, click on the roses, and become a hero this Valentine's Day. That's ihateStevensinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. Celebrate his life, we shall. As I'm recording this late night Monday, I've had a chance to really digest it all and see everybody's reactions to this on the social media. And it feels like we all feel the same way. And I even got a lot of people that were like, you know what? I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan whenever he was playing and maybe didn't follow along. But everybody felt as if a part of their childhood, a part of American lexicon, a part of sport was gone way too soon. I cried real tears on Sunday. I never thought I'd do that in my entire life. And everything I said in there was so real. I actually stayed up most of Sunday night. I watched Scott Van Pelt. I wanted to see how he was going to handle the whole situation because it's not normal having this platform where you're asked to speak and given an opportunity to speak in front of a lot of people. It's not in like the The radio show host 101, podcast host 101, television show host 101. Any type of person has to speak on a platform 101 on what to do whenever an icon passes away in such a tragic accident. So I watched Scott Van Pelt handle it masterfully. He told stories about chatting with Kobe and such. And then I watched Morning Show Goat. Mike Greenberg handle it on GetUp, talking to Jalen Rose and telling stories and sharing stories, and what I realized was I didn't know this man, and I felt somewhat the same way, now nowhere near as close to his close friends or anything like that that I heard speaking, but I felt real grief that that man passed away. And I wanted to do it justice to speak about and speak for the people that never met him but just got to idolize from afar. It wasn't easy, man. I like to have a good time, you know, make light of things, build up incredible conspiracy theories that could be true. But every once in a while, something like this comes through and hopefully it doesn't happen for a long, long time as of how rattled I was and the rest of the world was, where you got to stop and remind yourself that, hey, this life is to be living, man. Perspective in such a slap-to-the-face manner like that. I'm sure there'll be more answers that'll continue to roll out and more and more stories from people that got a chance to chit-chat with the GOAT. And we obviously said nothing but positive thoughts and prayers towards everybody that passed away on that helicopter. And though Gianna was supposed to be an absolute baller, I guess. I listened to a conversation where Kobe had with Rich Eisen like a year ago, I think he recorded it. And Rich Eisen alluded to the thought that Kobe could come back from retirement and play for the Lakers again. Kobe took it as like a... Uh, an insult. Now, Rich Eisen, obviously, a very smooth man, friendly man. I don't think Kobe had any ill will, but Kobe said, I have zero possibility of going back and playing because making the decision to transition from being a player was a very personal one for him and a big one. And he alluded to the fact that every time somebody says he has to go back and play or wants to go back and play, that in his mind, they're challenging him that he can't be as successful off the court. That's why he built his studio. And he said he wanted to take the things he learned from basketball and apply it to the studio that he built. Not worry about the bottom line, let's just worry about the process. Let's worry about making the best possible product. So I wanna take my focus and my competitive drive and motivation and turn it towards my company. And that's why he said there was zero chance he wanted to go back because he has to show future players that the, there's more to life than just basketball or there's more to succeed at than just basketball. I have never felt something so much. And this was an interview that I had no idea existed until today when Rich Eisen tweeted it, retweeted it. I fucking loved it. Loved when he said that. And I think that's just going to continue to happen. More and more stories are going to come out. Interviews from old days are going to come out. And I think we're just going to continue to learn more and more. And man, I'm excited for it. I wish he would have been around for another 50 years, 60 years, whatever. 100 years. He's Kobe Bryant. He could probably beat up Father Tom, too, if he had to. He'd outwork his ass. (laughs) So stupid. But I would have loved to see what he created. I would have loved to see Gianna take over the world. I would have loved to see it. But now, we have to continue to make sure people know about him. To know about the Mamba mentality. And that's why we'll celebrate him. And we're going to do that for the rest of this show. I put together my top Kobe Bryant moments. I think you'll enjoy those as well. We will now honor said legend with our top Four moments from this man's on-court career. Kobe Bryant inspired millions and millions of people around the globe with his work ethic, with his Mamba mentality, and in retirement with his ability to not only become a super dad, but embrace and find fulfillment in that while creating content that can make others better. He obviously was taken away far too soon from us. But we will never, ever forget what he did on the basketball court that made the entire world say, damn, that guy, that guy's a savage at basketball. We'll start at number four of my favorite moments. It came against the Toronto Raptors. It was just a basic day. It was January 22nd, 2006. Everybody thought this was going to be an average basketball game. But Kobe Bryant said, no, no, I'm going to score 81 points. When he came out of high school, everybody knew he was a scorer. When you hear people talk about him, they say, this guy had no flaws in his offensive game against the Toronto Raptors. And one night in 2006, on January 22nd, he puts up 81 points all by his damn self. Number four for me. Jalen Rose was standing on the other side. Now he had to talk about it yesterday. The ESPN commercial where he orders 81 (laughs) olives in his martini is still one of my favorite ESPN commercials of all time. Number three in his swan song, the last game he will ever play. He proved that he didn't have to retire. He was choosing to retire and drops a quick 60 against Utah Jazz. In the photo that we just showed, a very young Gordon Hayward was standing to his right. He had three people around him. Everybody knew in this last game of Kobe Bryant's farewell tour that he was going to put the rock up, and he did, 25 or 50 times. Going 22 of 50 for a 44% shooting percentage. But who gives a single damn? He dropped 60 in his last game ever, sailed off into the blue sky, and said, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a content creator. Everything that I wanted to do here, In this league, I've accomplished my number two Kobe Bryant on court moment is one that will never ever make sense to me. It is one that defies scientific and medical odds. The man in the middle of a basketball game ruptured his Achilles, one of the most devastating injuries that an athlete can have. There's no pain. It just sounds like a gunshot goes off behind you. They say a massive pop happens, and then all of a sudden you can't put weight on your hand or on your foot anymore. It just dangles around while you try to walk. You see people get carted off, stretchered off. People's careers end because of it. It's a devastating injury. And what did Kobe Bryant do? Ruptured his Achilles, goes off the court, comes back on makes two free throws, says, I'll see you later. i got about nine months. i got to go rehab this Achilles. Walks on the court, drains two free throws, and then walks back off. Just a savage in all aspects of basketball. And speaking to that point, my favorite basketball moment of all time, not just my favorite Kobe Bryant moment, my favorite basketball moment of all time, and this even includes – the and one basketball tours. This includes college basketball. This includes the pickup basketball that we played at Boyce Park in Pittsburgh. Rucker. This is my favorite basketball moment I've ever seen. The no flinch gif of Kobe Bryant staring down Barnes as he puts a basketball in a pump fake a millimeter away from his nose and doesn't even budge while staring it down is probably the most savage thing I've ever seen happen in life, maybe. Maybe even in life. A full pump fake into his, to Barnes' credit. I mean, he stopped that thing. I I mean, it it was, what, a half an inch, maybe? Maybe a quarter of an inch away from busting Kobe Bryant's nose? Kobe didn't even budge. See you later. That'll live on forever, just like Kobe's name will. Those are my top Kobe moments from on the court. I'm happy we could celebrate that. Sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you know that peanut butter whiskey, peanut butter whiskey, no matter how many times you say it, it sounds like an oddball combination. But don't let a little thing like preconceived notions fool you. An unlikely duo has been born. With a warm, welcoming aroma and a deliciously smooth palate, screwball peanut butter whiskey isn't your average flavored liquor made by a local husband and wife duo with american whiskey and peanut butter flavor the end result is savory and creamy with a touch of sweetness and without the lingering heavy finish that you might expect screwball stands alone it tastes amazing all by itself you can have it neat or on the rocks or as a shot screwball also elevates practically any cocktail into a whole new experience screwball is extremely versatile Pour it over ice, add it to your coffee, or top a big scoop of vanilla bean ice cream with Screwball to make a special adult dessert. On one side, you have good old whiskey, a bold, loud, and strong partner in crime who exudes confidence. On the other, you have peanut butter, a rich, smooth, and irresistible spread that's as dependable as they come. These two blend together to make the perfect combination. In fact, they go together so well, they make peanut butter and jelly jealous. <laughs> But we have to warn you, a night with screwball is bound to get a little bit nutty. It's inspired by a wildly popular shot invented by co-founder Stephen Yang and served at his popular restaurant, OB Noodle House Plus Bar 1502 in Ocean Beach, San Diego. He and his wife realized that whenever he would make a special shot involving peanut butter, which he did a lot of, with the whiskey, it sold more than everything else. So they decided to... Bottle it and make an incredible whiskey. This is the American dream coming true, all based out of a small San Diego community known for its colorful mix of misfits, black sheep, and screwballs. For more about Stephen and Brittany's story, you can watch on YouTube. Screwball is designed to be a bartender's best friend. You don't need to chill it. You can drink it straight or in a shot. We recommend with a sea salt rim, by the way. Screwball, the original and most awarded peanut butter whiskey, is now available nearly everywhere. At 70 proof, Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey is the perfect shot or the perfect adding to your favorite cocktail. Pick it up at your local store or ask for it at your favorite bar or restaurant. Ready to hashtag Get Screwed. Go to ScrewballWhiskey.com for more info. Enjoy responsibly. Advertisement by Screwball Spirits, LLC, San Marcos, California. Whiskey with natural flavors and caramel color, 35% alcohol by volume. Uh, A lot of people have been tweeting me telling me how much they've been enjoying the hell out of this all across the country. You can get it at almost any liquor store right now. And if they don't have it at your favorite bar or restaurant, ask for it. This is a game changer in the whiskey business. Screwball. He obviously put up a lot of points on Saturday night in a wild coincidence. LeBron James passed him in scoring and was asked about Kobe Bryant's effect on his you know maybe not even game but his life and this is what lebron james said probably what 13 hours before kobe bryant passes away
5: that um you know when i was a a kid when i was in high school um i was growing up through the ranks when kobe came into the league he was um you know it wasn't a dream of mine to come straight you know from high school at that point in time to the nba but i was like wow a seventeen year old, eighteen year old kid being able to, to make that leap. That's that's pretty damn cool. Um, and and as I started playing more ball and I was went into high school, the things that he was doing on the floor I, you know, admired and wanted to be a part of. Um, I went to ABCD camp and he came and talked to all the all the all the kids that was there and I happened to be one of the one of the kids that was there and I was just I was just listening. I was just trying to soak everything up I could. You know, and I remember one thing that he said, he was like, if you want to try to be, you know, great at it or want to be one of the greats, you got to put the work in. You know, there's no substitution to work. And I, and I was a 15 year old kid at that camp. You can actually find the footage of a, him, uh, him at that camp. Um, and in 2001, I believe um, I was playing in, in New Jersey and the all-star game, if I'm not mistaken, and y'all could correct me, it was in Philly, right? Yeah, that Saturday, uh, me and Maverick, Drove to the Intercontinental, downtown Philadelphia, um, and he gave me a pair of his shoes, which I ended up wearing um, that following night. It was the red, white, and blue Kobe's. I was a 15, and he was a 14, and I wore them anyways. Um, And I sat and just talked to him for a little bit. He gave me the shoes. I rocked them in the game. Um, And it was the same night that we played uh, Oak Hill against Melo. And then I saw what he was able to do the very next night, winning mvp here um in philly that that that, that same uh, that following night um as i got drafted i still just admired him you know seeing what he was able to accomplish winning championships having you know being early in his career where you know he he learned from the misses that he had against the series against utah and he just used that as motivation and got better and better and better to him winning multiple championships and uh continue to admire him throughout my high school rank and um, and then as competitors um, just seeing the work ethic um, the work ethic that he put into the game he had zero flaws offensively zero uh, you backed off of him he could shoot the three you pick, you know you body him up a little bit he can go around you he can shoot the mirror range he can post he can make free throws he has zero flaws offensively and um you know, that's something that I admired as well. Just being a, at a point where the defense will always be at bay, where they couldn't guard you at all offensively, where you just felt like you was just immortal offensively because of your skill set and your work ethic. Uh, we take it down to 2008, where we become the redeem the Redeemed team. And it was a dream come true for me to be able to line up along, alongside of him. Um, just admiring him for so many years and him seeing him from afar and then being able to be in practices with him and, and you know, me watching and learning um, so on I mean it's just it's just too much It's just too much the story is just too much it doesn't make sense um, and just to make a long story short now I'm here in the Lakers uniform in Philadelphia where he's from where I wanted the first first time I ever met him gave me his shoes he won all-star week it's just it's surreal it doesn't make no sense but the the universe uh, just puts things in, in your life, and, and, and when you, I guess when you live in the right way or you just giving everything to whatever you're doing, um, things happen organically, and it's not supposed to make sense, but it just happens. Hey and yark. sorry, and um, I'm happy to just to be in a, any conversation with Kobe Bean, Brian, one of the all-time greatest basketball players to ever play, one of the all-time greatest Lakers. The man got two jerseys hanging up in Staples Center. It's just, it's just crazy.
0: I mean, when LeBron ended up at the Lakers, everybody wanted a beef between them. This is Kobe's town, Kobe's team. This is, you're never going to be able to live up to what Kobe wanted to do. And once again, I know LeBron has done some dumb things off the court, right? I mean, trying to trademark Taco Tuesday is a criminal offense, (laughs) right? But in this particular case, LeBron just hits it right on the head. And I would love to know what LeBron's thoughts were when people were telling him, hey, this is Kobe's town. He's probably like, yeah, man, I agree, you know? It sounded like a genuine, like LeBron grew up a massive Kobe fan. And the fact that Kobe had this much influence on all these players, like whether it was personally or just from afar, I think that is why it radiated with the people who weren't even in basketball sport. It's like what Peyton Manning is to, to football. Peyton Manning, yes, one of the greatest of all time. You can argue that, but he's the guy that writes handwritten letters to people. It feels as if the Manning Passing Academy, he wants people to be better. Now, I'm not saying Tom Brady doesn't or anybody else. I'm just saying firsthand what I get to experience. Peyton Manning loved the sport and wanted to see the sport grow. Feels like that's what Kobe was to basketball. And whenever you see that passion and that genuine, you know, authenticity and wanting people to feel better while still being a savage, letting people know, like, hey, I want you to be good, but don't you even think about going against me. You will get it. And in that all-star game against LeBron, he showed that. Even though him and LeBron have been boys since LeBron's, what, 15 years mm-hmm. old? It's just that's the type of thing that you know radiates through the TV. It radiates through the sport. It goes everywhere else. And I am very thankful that I got a chance to be a part of the Kobe era. I'm very thankful that my mentality towards sports and life got to be shaped just a little bit by the mamba mentality and i hope and i know that the sports world won't let that disappear let's get to one call here let's get uh solomon in panama solomon what's up
2: hey pat what's up uh thanks for having me on you know uh very sad about uh kobe kobe's passing you know he was a legend to the game and to all the sports. uh you know Kobe was famous for his uh, Mamba mentality, you know, never break down, give all you got. Coming through in the clutch moments when his team needed it the most. uh, I want to ask you, Pat, was there any moment in your NFL career where you felt like you went into Mamba mode? Like you felt you just had to to focus and be the the best version of yourself because your team was heavily relying on you?
0: I think the interesting thing, if you ever look at me in my first half versus my second half in everything... I am so much better in the second (laughs) half than I was in the first half. And I don't know if that has anything to do with what Kobe and having that clutch gene or whatever, but all my big misses that people talk about all come from the first quarter because I probably didn't pay attention enough. Mm -hmm. In the second half, though, I know it's game time. And I would like to think that maybe Kobe inspired that. Kobe inspired millions and millions of people. And today will be a day we'll always remember as the first day we didn't have the greatest. Hey. 2020 is the perfect time to start thinking about 2040. With Robinhood you can invest in the markets and earn interest with a competitive APY on uninvested cash. They make it easy to get started and learn as you grow with an intuitive app experience and no commission fees on trades. And stock prices don't have to hold you back. You can buy a piece of a company you love for as low as a buck and build your portfolio a little at a time. Buy one share, buy half a share, three and a quarter shares. It's up to you. Your budget, your goals. Your first stock is on the house when you set up your account at mcafee.robinhood.com. Learn more and claim your free stock. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs all from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on your uninvested cash. And with frictional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as a, This sounds like a bunch of bullshit. One buck, you can buy stocks in companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla. Robinhood's crushing it. 10 million users right now Robinhood. There's no better ex- experience than that. Get started right now with a free stock by going to McAfee.Robinhood.com M-C-A-F-E-E dot This is a great way to get into the investment game. Robinhood, making it easy for folks. Robinhood, taking care of folks. Robinhood, looking out for you. McAfee.Robinhood.com. We will continue to spread the word of the Mamba. I promise you that. The Mamba mentality will not be forgotten. And I thank Toby for everything he's done for us. And to wrap this thing up, it is Super Bowl week brian westbrook legendary running back for the eagles who played under andy Reid and was in the locker room when to and donovan McNabb got into it stopped by for a conversation and uh you let me know how you think it went. joining us now is a man that was let me make sure i get this right two-time pro bowler all pro he's in the philadelphia eagles hall of fame He's on the Philadelphia Eagles' 75th anniversary team. He won the Walter Payton Award. He's two-time Atlantic 10 Offensive Player of the Year. Rushed for 6,335 yards in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Westbrook. What's up, guys?
1: How's it going?
0: Hey, not too shabby. It's great to chat with you again. I hate that that we have you on the show strictly because that the reason why it was all brought back to fruition, that Eagles team you were on, it always has to do with some sort of drama. I heard you talk about this yesterday on First Things First about how one of your biggest regrets was that you weren't old enough to be able to tell T.O. and Donovan McNabb to get over it. Is that something that you truly ever think about on a daily basis or a regular basis, or is it just something that comes up every once in a while?
1: I don't think about it at all, quite honestly. (laughs) i I, almost never. I think the truth is, is that if it wasn't, uh, for Donovan Teo's conversation on Twitter. I probably wouldn't have even mentioned it to anyone. Um, again, all this stuff happened in 2004 2005. It's 15 years old. I'm not sure why uh, it's still even being brought up at this point. So it, to me, it's just old news, and I never, ever think about
0: it. Did you guys have any – because every once in a while – uh, there's there's a couple times where I was in a locker room where I knew two guys didn't like each other, right? Yeah. But normally they kind of got over it because they were in a team. Was there ever a situation in that Eagles locker room where you guys were like, you know what, we think T.O. and Donovan will be able to get over this and be friends again?
1: Well, I, I think the hope, uh, uh, at least initially, was that they'll be able to get over it and they'll figure a way out to to be able to play together. And the other part is that, you know, Donovan needed a star receiver and T.O. needed a star quarterback. And so they kind of needed each other uh, as far as to get over that hump. And I think if we were on the same page, we would have made a few Super Bowl runs and hopefully have won a couple of those Super Bowls. But unfortunately, they weren't able to get over it. But I think as far as everyone on the team, you just kind of felt that eventually these guys will figure it out. Maybe there's just some type of small spat and they'll they'll just uh, it all work itself out unfortunately it never did
0: i will never ask you whose fault it is because i think just like in dancing it takes two to tango if there's a beef you need both sides obviously to make a mistake but i think pivoting to another conversation andy reed's the coach there right andy yeah. reed never gets talked about in dealing with donovan and teo's really beef happening his two-star players have a real beef now and just like mike tomlin isn't getting talked about enough credit with dealing with Antonio Brown there towards the end of his career, if what is happening now is what was happening in Pittsburgh. But Andy Reid doesn't get talked about much as a guy who really finds an ability to make the most out of a situation. And in this chiefs team right now, I think he has made the most out of every player on that roster.
1: Well, you know, first of all, it starts with the quarterback position. When you have that type of guy, uh, Patrick Mahomes, that can make every throw that's going to make everyone around him much better uh, that's that's how you start things off, and you have to start there. But then you look at the wide receiver's position in particular. They had a bunch of speed. Sammy Watkins, former number one draft pick, uh, first rounder anyway, and he had a great game this past week, 114 yards. That was something that coming into the game I'm saying, okay, if I'm going to take anybody away, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. And then if I have the ability to take away Travis Kelsey as well as Tyreek Hill, I'm going to do that. Unfortunately, uh, for the Tennessee Titans, they forgot about Sammy Watkins and his ability to make plays. And I think, really, they didn't forget about him. They went into the game and said, we won't be beat by Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. If we get beat by Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes, we're okay, we'll just have to live with it. And that's exactly what happened. And so I think Andy Reid has just done a great job of scheming guys open, of allowing his quarterback to play free. And because of that, they're playing in the Super Bowl.
0: Is that an incredibly complicated offense to learn? Because I feel like he's been able to get a lot of different plays. I feel like we see new plays every single week, new designs, new concepts out of Andy Reid. Is his offense just always evolving throughout the season? or what is his offense like to play in?
1: Well, you know, the, the funny thing about that offense is that it's not hard to learn. It's all about finding out what personnel you're in and, and, and what formations. because a lot of the times you're trying to get to the same spots. It's just different people doing it. And so one play you have Tyreek Hill going deep and Travis Kelsey working the middle and maybe Sammy Watkins doing the underneath route. The next play, it would be the same exact play, but you'll have three different guys doing different things, meaning Travis Kelsey would be going deep Tariq, he'll be working the middle of the field. And then Sammy Watkins may still be working a shallow crosser. And so it looks totally different to the defense. But it's really the same play because it's the same guys getting to the same space. And so, really, it's not terribly difficult to understand and come up with. Um, I just think Andy Reid does a great job of personnel, motions, and shifts, similar to what Kyle Shanahan does for the 49ers, and it makes the defense think it's a totally different play.
0: Okay, earlier in the year, they weren't clicking on all cylinders like they are right now. I mean, and granted, they'll even have a bad series or two to start games now in the last couple weeks, but it doesn't matter. If you're the 49ers, how do you stop this Andy Reid offense? What is the thought? Just let our four guys up front wreak havoc and make Patrick Mahomes stay in the pocket? Is that your best shot? How do you stop it?
1: Well, I think you start with the four guys up front, and, of course, you'll bring five with with, uh, Fred Warner just a little bit. And maybe you bring six with another type of blitz. But really how you slow down this Kansas City offense is you hold on to the football. I mean, that's the the, the real truth. And the truth is that in most NFL games, you're going to have 10 or 12, between 10 and 12 possessions. And so if you can find a way uh, to run the football a little bit more, control the clock, and turn that into only eight to 10 possessions, for the kansas city chiefs that's a win right there so now your defense has to come up with some stops on three or four of those possessions and hopefully you can limit them to 28 points we know that the kansas city chiefs can score points you have to limit their possession limit their opportunities and if you do that then you have a chance of getting some stops and hopefully allowing patrick mahomes to sit on the sideline a bunch of the game
0: yeah patrick mahomes can score as quick as it, I mean he can score right. at any given moment but you need your defense to make a couple stops and limit the amount of possessions is what you would think would be a good recipe the San Francisco 49ers I mean they've proved all year but more again last week they can run the rock have you ever seen anything like what Mostert was able to run through last week he had 186 yards before contact last week
1: yeah it's impressive the way that Kyle Shanahan has schemed um up things just to make sure that his running backs uh, are in good shape. And really what he's doing is that because of the motion, because of the shifts, because of so many things that the defensive players have to think about is that they're out there thinking, they're literally out there thinking. And as a player, you don't want to be thinking, you just want to go out there and react and do things naturally. And because of all the things that Kyle Shanahan presents offensively, it's just hard not to be thinking and try to figure out what they're going to do next. And so now you have running lanes that you're running through that are five, six yards wide. And it's almost impossible to win if you're giving up those types of chunks, chunk plays. It, it, it's been kind of funny. Over the last couple of days, people have been really down on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's only thrown 15 yeah. passes, and Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? He was successful in those 15 passes. It just so happened – that they have a run game that was unstoppable and just like in Madden just like in any other football game if you have something that's unstoppable you keep doing it and that's why you see Kansas City throwing the ball all the time because it's hard for teams to stop it the same thing works for for the San Francisco 49ers it just happens to be the run game.
0: I said that earlier in the week I was like I'm tired of people talking about Jimmy G he actually proved to me that he's just a selfless guy instead of checking out of those runs which you know you and I both know quarterbacks can and and have done in certain situations, he just said, "Yo, we are rolling, steamrolling rolling right now this way. I just got to do what I got to do to get out of the way." I think that showed him to be selfless. And if he has to go air it out, he proved that he can do that with Drew Brees down there in the Saints.
1: If if you told me I was a quarterback and I knew that the run game was just going the way that it's been going for San Francisco, and I only had to throw eight passes in the game, and I'm going to complete six of them, and. We're- we're still going to win big, then I'm willing and down for that because that's going to lead me to the big game, the Super Bowl, and give us an opportunity to win that ring. And listen, if, if you're Jimmy G, you're going to do exactly that, and that's going to help your team win, and that's what he's been doing.
0: Well, and Jimmy G's already been paid, too, so it's not. not uh, um,
1: there, – There you go. Yeah, like if I hadn't been
0: paid yet and I was a quarterback, and they're like, <laughs> you're going to throw the ball eight times, you're going to do this, I'm like, oh, can we – can we reconsider right. uh, just for a chance for a check? How do you think it ends up? What do you think happens? Do you think Andy Reid gets his first big one here? and Are you going to be happy as an ex-player for him? Or you think the Niners are going to ruin it?
1: I sure hope that Andy Reid finds a way to, to get it done. I, mean, I, I think there will have, have more opportunities in the future, but there's no better time than the president. So I, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs find a way to get it done. But I, I'll tell you this as much as the 49ers run the ball they score just as many points if not more points in the regular season than the Kansas City Chiefs. They know how to score the points. They also know how to defend. And so because the Kansas City Chiefs have been a one-trick pony offensively, basically throwing the football, throwing the football, throwing the football, and when you get tired of throwing it, throw it some more, if the San Francisco 49ers can find a way to slow that down just a bit, then they got a chance to win this game. And I I I I certainly hope Uh, that Andy Reid gets it, but I can see the game going either way.
0: I mean, that was kind of a cop out there.
1: That was a no answer. That, that's what that was. That was kind of like a no answer. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Roger Goodell. That was that was
0: because I, I honestly I feel as if the Chiefs are going to win, but everybody that I respect and appreciate their brains like Nah, Niners defense is going to be a problem for them. So I was excited to hear what you had to say, but then you just gave me the same way I feel. Yeah,
1: I, I gave I gave you a no answer. You know why? Because it's it's a Friday, the week before the Super Bowl. Okay. So Catch me next Friday. This is, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get back on your show next week. <laughs> See, that's, it's, I have a game plan right here. All right, let's, how have, that
0: let's have you on Thursday. I won't be able to FaceTime on Friday. I'll be down at Radio Row in a tiny little set. So let's do Thursday. We'll FaceTime. We'll get your prediction. And you're wearing a collared shirt. What are you doing? You
1: in business right now? You shaking hands, kissing babies? No. I had to do first things first this morning, and then I had to do a couple videos in then I kissed some babies and shook some hands. And so here I am back home still with this collar shirt on. And you look great with your t-shirt on, man. Look, you. You've been lifting and everything. I can tell
0: hey, hey, I've been on keto for a day and a half. <laughs> Sorry, it's been on. Do you enjoy those first things, first shows? Is it a debate show? I don't get to watch it as much as I should. It's kind of early. I don't get we're kind of prepping for our show as that's happening. Is it a debate
1: show? Do you enjoy that type of stuff? I, I do enjoy it. It's a good show. Nick Wright, Jenna Wolf, and uh, they, they rotated hosts and guests for the last few months here. So it's it's been a really good show, opportunity uh, for you. To, listen, you know, you're in media. It's all about getting the reps. And so for me, it's been a great opportunity. I've enjoyed, enjoyed it. And it is kind of a debate show. And so everyone has their opinion of how they think uh, things will go. Nick Wright believes that the Kansas City Chiefs are the next thing uh, next to God and the, the greatest show on turf. I think they're really, really good. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, In the Super Bowl. So I've enjoyed that show for sure.
0: Well, I'm happy you took another rep with us, brother. You're great. Can't wait to talk to you on Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, Eagles Hall of Famer, Brian Westbrook. Appreciate
1: you, man. Thanks, God.
0: That's the show. I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. There's a lot of stuff you can listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to this, I will forever be indebted. If you like the show, please tell your friends. Try to grow this as much as possible. Word of mouth is a beautiful thing. Ground and pound operation. I'd appreciate it. If you hated this show, yeah, just act like you never listened to it, man. Somebody asked you, you say, oh, I never heard it. Keep it moving. Um, Remember, let's enjoy this life. Life is to be lived. Tomorrow's not a given. I appreciate you all. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.